Is there a problem with racism in black metal? Let's find out. But really, is there a problem with racism in metal in general, really? The internet seems to be having a lot of fun with it. And I've really got a lot of questions with it, having been a longtime metal fan that sees a lot of it as kind of the extremity that it comes to. If we're going to be talking about this, why not have the help of a band that kind of does dive into a little bit of the extremity in the ways that I think are the ways to push that extreme envelope. And that is welcoming back both Poor Preacher and Jack the Ripper from Wamit Angel. Finland is appropriate too where you guys hail from because it seems like Finland is actually kind of the number one place at least that I've noticed that's getting a lot of the flack for bands that are deemed racist and you know all the stuff that's going on there. So I guess first and foremost what are your thoughts on a remark like that? Do you notice a difference in you know the Finnish scene getting kind of more and more looked looked upon in a negative way? I have to go back to 2008 when there was kind of a NSB and black metal happening uh, in my hometown. And that was, um, it was not banned, but it was kind of a alcohol rest- restricted or something like that. So, so the Nazis don't get drunk and beat everyone up. But other than that, I think it's kind of a... You know, it's overrated or exaggerated, something like that, in my opinion. You know, when it does come to hatred and all that, like, you know, it isn't really something to take lightly. So I don't think that anybody that is truly offended by that and maybe experiencing other things, you know, that are things that they deem as racist and a problem. Like, I'm not going to make light of that and say that that person hasn't experienced those things. I'm sitting here in, in my own confines of my own metal environment that, you know, like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I don't, I don't go to school. I don't go to college. You know, I don't even have a normal job. I'm always, I always am around metal. So I don't know. So, and I, and I can't judge what might be out there and what might be truly going on. But what I do know is I don't think the situation is being handled in a very mature manner. When it comes to Finland in particular, I, I don't think that everybody is very well aware, especially from like Americans, uh, you know, evaluating these yeah. bands and what their agenda might be, because I think that there's definitely like a national pride in Finland. And a lot of that can be coming off as a something that we don't understand and maybe deeming hateful because when you're proud about something, especially something that's European, Scandinavian, as Finland would be, it is going to be targeting the many different countries that populate the uh, continent as opposed to United States. Yeah, that's Europe, states, uh, you know. Got you off, uh, you're absolutely Go ahead. right. And uh, especially like uh, our independence war, winter war, yeah. we uh, fought off the Russia, claimed our uh, unity and, you know, uh, as we as a country uh, triumphed after World War Two, um, I think Antifa needs to get a little bit of sense of humor, in my opinion. It was like ten years ago; it was never an issue. The same same guys who are 
uh, more into national socialism or whatever are still in the genre but they cause the, they they've always caused the same fuss but nowadays uh people are aggravated more easily or stuff everybody's stuff. labeled from yeah everybody's like labeled no like reasons. from nothing or from a joke yes well i, I get it if it's a joke <laughs> you have to deal with the consequences but come on <laughs> overreacting all yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's it seems like everyone's overreacting. Well, you're, and I you're right. Fuck. Everyone can, you know, just fuck off. <laughs> both, both the left and the right. Uh, uh, that's not my thing. We have now the internet to then connect with people and share our opinions. Exactly. Everybody has that voice then to do so, but everybody doesn't have to look the guy that they're talking to face to face and endure the, the just the organ like the conversation is going to be an entirely different tone regardless if you're even if it's offensive or you know just yeah. talking about covers that should not be like it's going to be a different conversation when you're literally in the room with somebody as opposed to talking to them on a camera in Finland to the United States right now as it would yeah. be so when it comes to something controversial and something like racism and all that, that's going to give everybody like the chance to insult and just be really immature about these things. And when it does come to something serious like that, then immaturity is definitely not the way to handle it. And when you, if you bring in like things like Antifa and all that, where it's like, all right, so if we're going to dissect racism and be threatened by that because it can condone violence, well, then why would you be fighting against that with violence, as, as Antifa threatens to do? Yeah, and it's not, <laughs> just, it's not just in Finland. There's, like, Sweden, Norway, like, like the Marduk case with the Marduk. Yeah. They, they had shows canceled because of protests by Antifa for singing World War One or two things. And that's kind of a debatable if that's offending to someone. Come on, don't be a baby. Grow some skin. Come on. It isn't always condoning it. It isn't saying this is great as it is just saying this happened. <laughs> and yeah, it's... Say your angel of death. Yeah. Or anything, though. That would make me then part of the problem because I wrote a song about the Holocaust once in my band and it was I was a 17 year old kid that pretty much just learned about it and it's like that sounds fucked up evil and dark and yeah. this is something that I want to write my full lyrics about full of gruesome details yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's fucking metal. <laughs> That's what it is, you know. It, it's a metal topic. Like I, exactly. You're not describing it in, a, in an awesome light. You're describing it for the horror that it is. And if you're going to be a band that wants to talk about darker things, as most metal does, well, then what better topic than that? But I also yeah. get it. There are bands that are not exactly doing that as well. And, you know leading a movement, making it more of a political thing of their current day beliefs. Um, you know, especially if you see people, you know, Zeke Highland and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the end of that day, it's just like, well, what does that mean? Because they're not, this isn't 1942, whenever the hell that all started and ended Nazi Germany. This is 2019 that if you're Zeke Highland, it, I don't think it has the same effect and meaning as 
what it did back then that, okay, well, now we're rounding up people and yeah, sending them to gas stations. Yeah, I think when you're drunk as a monkey in the front row of some black metal band gig and everyone's sick hiling, I think the most important thing is that they don't get the point. You know, it's just like, what yeah. is this? It's like, hey, cheese or blah, blah, blah. When you're at the Nazi rally, then you know what you're thinking about. Then you cannot back it up by telling it it's a joke. I'm just... <laughs> Traveled 5,000 miles to some place and <laughs> go to a rally there. I don't know. It is a lot to ask of somebody that might be just has endured hatred by getting their ass kicked or their family or whatever to then stop. I have an example for you. Uh, last year, there was a uh, Finnish famous um, country musician mm-hmm. uh, that is involved in politics as well. Uh, he's tried to the, uh, uh, He's tried to get to the Congress. I think a few times, mm-hmm. and um, he's kind of a regular face at some festivals. He plays acoustic guitar and sings songs about girls and whatnot. Kind of a Johnny Cash to you. Yeah. But uh, last year he did some kind of a public interview and a blog about how the immigrants should be, you know, half of them shot and half of them shipped to Africa or whatever. And surprisingly, he doesn't have any more gigs. Wow. And, and this is kind of a case when you are really well-known guy. It's not just black metal, but in any case, you have to, that, that. This is kind of a case when you have to back your words. Yeah. Well, and, and carry the consequences. Especially if you're going to say people need to be shot and deported, you know, yeah. like that that's that's I and if that's what you're saying, like, OK, I could kind of see why that guy now doesn't have gigs. Like, I'm still interested then where like Finland is the target of a lot of this because which have labeled themselves. Um, they have existed, though, pretty much as long as a lot of the Norwegian bands who were very active and aggressive in hating Christianity, burning down churches, so on and so forth, that yeah. this is not a new thing. These bands aren't just heard of. It's like all these people that are poo-pooing, they're the new thing. And now all of a sudden it's becoming a problem. It's kind of like, well, dude, if it hasn't been a problem for nearly 30 years, what all of a sudden is the threat of this? And I yeah. think it's current, I th- honestly think it's current politics. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you go back into '90s, some you know, some band that released stuff in the '90s, and they have some kind of controversial song, and you go today, find the singer or songwriter, and ask, "Why did you sing about those things?" He would probably say that, "I don't know. We were fucking kids, and that was cool back then." Finland was just celebrating its hundredth year of being independent. What was that? Am I right or am I wrong? The the independence of Finland from what was it be Russia? Yeah, seventeen. Uh, I'm giving the internet a plenty of fuel to just point at me and put my face on there, and make a bunch of memes, and say this guy's fucking uh, you know leading this this next movement. And it's like no, I'm just trying to say, you know, you need to dissect these things and and ask and know what they're worth. Yeah. And I don't. And I think it's just a very coincidental thing to be having the country of Finland's independence happening, you know, and then all this racism stuff when it's like, well, if they're saying, Hey, we're proud to be Finnish, fuck Russia, fuck whoever else. Maybe it's because less than just a hundred years ago, there was a war going on between those neighboring countries. You know what I mean? That's pretty fucking fresh. 
Hell, we were doing it in the United States, but now it's, you know, nearly 200 years ago. So if they're going to be on the internet looking up YouTube videos and all these black metal bands that they want to target, I encourage you to do this instead. Why don't you look up some fucking history and start reading about it? (laughs) Or find some really, you know, like real topics like, uh, I don't know, child molesting of shit like that. Yeah. That's really fucked up. Yeah. It is. People are like, I don't know, but at least they're not Nazis. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now, because, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and maybe you've heard in the current news, oh, I don't know how long, it was a few days ago, probably weeks ago by the time this airs, in Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio is about four hours away from Cleveland, maybe, maybe a little bit closer. Yeah. So anyway, like, you know, so the violence that happens there. So then what happens? They find out that the guy was involved in a porno grind band. And I'm kind of surprised that that hasn't, like, gotten a huge spotlight. Maybe yet. Maybe it will by the time this shows. Satanic panic. Any of this shit. You know, rock music in the 50s. Fuck. if If you look at some history, that's why I encourage do it. Everybody pretty much dismisses anytime you try to blame music is not the culprit. Sometimes maybe it is. Maybe it gets in there a little bit and throws some nut job off his rocker, but that's the, entirely the point. Is it some guy that's yeah. fucking crazy already that sure, if he hears some stupid song, then he's going to be more <laughs> condoned to do something. But that could happen with anything. And so, like, you know, well, now, what now? So, like, porno grind is going to be under target? Like, I mean, people should still be able to have that fun of like saying uh, just flat out fucked up shit because that's the world, man. Like, hell, nature's pretty goddamn cruel when you look at. It. Monitoring all those all those lyrics and shit like that. We got I don't know. We got Coldplay and Britney Spears left. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I'm, and then I will kill myself. Goddamn. <laughs> well, so as a band that covered Gigi Allen, then that obviously would be. I think Gigi, Gigi would have, you know, like lots of things to say about the 20th century some year ago or so. Gigi Allen obviously did very controversial things, things that you definitely wouldn't want your five-year-old to watch. Shit, you wouldn't want your deranged fucking uh, adult son to watch it if it's going to be impressive. questions and, you know, questionalized the society, stuff like that. Yeah. So now if somebody were to attack you, though, and say that you are taking, you know, his lunous behavior and condoning it and then, you know, up in the bar and you know, putting racism or whatever the fuck that they could conjure up by looking at, uh, you know, some of the imagery or, or just not <laughs> and just throwing it in there per their own agenda. Yeah. Like, what would you use as a defense to that? <laughs> I have just, I don't know. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> it's the fuck the world thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> you do some I, research. I don't owe you anything, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's just uh, the image in my head is so funny. So. Yeah. I, 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 I'm speechless at the moment. So. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. but that is, I think that's the answer, man. I really think it's the answer because it is like you just did. It stopped you yeah. dead in your tracks. You had nothing to say because it's like, you just, these people fill in the blanks and then leave the person that, did it to then be like, I 
didn't mean any of that, and then you're just going to take why, anything why I said. I, why should I defend myself against something that isn't there? Yeah, it's like if if you defend yourself, then you have done something. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of uh, D. Snyder at the PMRC meeting back in I don't know what '80s, and uh, where he's talking about. The Twisted Under Sister song. Yes. Song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I tri- remember about torture. And he he was kind of a he did a pussy move in my opinion. Oh really? Telling that, telling that the song is about I don't know the guitar player or drummer or whatever going under. I, it was some kind of surgery or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think yeah, throat. I remember, but he could have just said I don't know. It sounded cool and fuck you. <laughs> or he- not. I don't know. But he did follow it up with a good retort when the they kept, you know, egging him on and like, well, you know, what does it mean? And he's like, well, it is interpretational. So if Tipper Gore, your wife, Al, is thinking that it's sadomasochist, then it sounds like she's got some unfinished business in the bedroom. <laughs> and <laughs> and that's like- kind of what it is. It's like a personality trait. It's like, you yeah. know, people that are, you know, as they say, somebody that's, you know, fuck gays or something. It's like usually they're a closet homophobic that can't like get past yeah. that that thing in themselves. So it's like it's almost like people are outing what they truly are and fearful of and I mean, I don't it's not to say everybody is, but it's like you said, you know, I I'm speechless because at the end of the day, if it is, you know, you're using a imagery to be extreme and yeah. then somebody interprets that as, well, this guy just must be racist and asks zero other questions. Well, then you as the artist, A, are at what it makes a, um, I think a song and a joke are both as the golden rule of a joke is. If you have to explain it, well, then the joke is lost. Where like a song is kind of lost if you have to explain it. Now, songs are more, people want to know more about songs and have that curiosity where it doesn't ruin it when when you do find out. But it just yeah, it takes away a lot. Of it. To, let's go back to eighties or something like that. When you you know, if you really want to offend someone publicly, you have to put an ad on a newspaper or stuff like that. Yeah. At least you have to you know think about it for a while and pay for the ad. Yeah. But now you can just fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You bunch of racist pigs or or you bunch of antifa pigs or whatever. The Christian Church comes to mind. That like. When you really dive in, though, like if a church is going to consider an exorcism, you would think yeah. like, oh, wow, these crazy Christians are just going to, boom, yep, oh, he's doing some evil shit. We're going to uh, do an exorcism. No, not at all. Like, in fact, I think they're more quick to dismiss that somebody's possessed or not before the average schmo because they know what goes into it. That's their niche. That's their business to find this. So it's like, no, that, that's this or that. It's tongues. Yeah, well, he, he learned it. They got all these reasons that it's like, we need to evaluate music the same way, but then move on. Like, we've already addressed this. It wasn't why this crazy guy went and shot up the place. And it was it was mainly this. He was pissed every moment of the day that now you took he saw that one remark on the internet. It took him to the next level. That he grabbed his gun and he went out and he finally did the deed. Yeah. And it's just like it's shit like that that you got to look and address. And like I don't know, man. Like I just don't think that it's going to make a difference when you get rid of music. And I also don't think that. Nature is going to be any more sympathetic than it ever has been, and we're still going to have a lot of fucked up problems that yeah. we can't control as a result. Hurricanes don't happen in Finland, right? No. Yeah. 
So now imagine that global warming is really a thing. Let's pull all the discussion away and just say it's a thing. And that now hurricanes do happen in Finland. You're A, you're not going to be prepared for it like a place that does regularly yeah. get hurricanes. So Finland, gone. That's all it would take. And like we're going to yeah. be spending our time arguing as human beings that could come to solutions over something that nature could just be like, fuck you. Boom. Done. Yeah. Like, I think we should be figuring out that kind of problem if that were indeed one. So, (laughs) I don't know. Well, (laughs) not not entirely a jackass, huh? (laughs) Not entirely. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat. I will take it, though. I will take it with stride. Leave it in the comments, though. Is this guy a fucking jackass? Did he miss the point entirely? No, you know, I'm at college. I get my ass kicked. You're not sympathetic, whatever it may be. But make it adult. Make it... Uh, make it a mature discussion in the comments. Definitely want to hear it. What is that point is, do we truly have a problem with racism in metal or a better point? Do we, are we assessing any issues that we may or may not have in metal and racism properly? And then I would like to tell you about Woman Angel's awesome new album that I don't have a copy that I should. <laughs> under, that's why I'm putting you under sadistic pressure, as the album's called. What is going on in this photo exactly? On the cover of Under Sadistic Pressure. The sick and twisted mind of our friend <laughs> who made the cover. <laughs> For the otherwise. Pretty much free hands, you know. Yeah, it's just said something like when you're under sadistic pressure. <laughs> yeah. And that's what yeah. came up. There you go. There you go. Available now at Reaper Metal Productions. Grab a copy. I am Reaper here with a special video interview with Satan. The band. The band. And the man. Who, if you've been watching Hellcast for all these years, you might recognize as this is a special interview and definitely a special reunion. So, Satan's here in Cleveland, and one of the things I wanted to get out of the way and address is, do you, are you establishing a mascot? Because it seems like with Court in the Act, you know, you had the judge, and now going into life sentence from Court in the Act, and then on to the latest album, you know, you really, you kind of been repeating that theme. Now, is that a kind of a mascot? Is that Satan of, yeah. of sorts? And, it, it, he's, he's the mascot, really. It's kind of like Iron Maiden's Eddie or Blitzkrieg's Bird of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. It's the, the judge is, is ours, and he, he's uh, he's got to be there on everything. He, he is he is just oh, the figurehead of everything that we do, and he's on everything that we do. And uh, yeah, he's the mascot. And additionally, though, you can kind of like go as far as like the border of the like you know and having like a frame yeah. and stuff and like. You know, it, yeah. it, so it like kind of in a way branding like that's something that's pretty important to you guys. Then. Yes, it, it's branding. We've had three different artists right now. As you say, it's kind of a brand, mm-hmm. but we never thought we kind of, we've never thought of it that way. But it, it's it's just it, it ties the whole thing together. Yeah, it ties all of the albums together, and it's unique because nobody else does it. 
I agree. I, I really agree. I, and that was, you know, at, at just being a nerd fan, it's just like immediately it's like, boom, you know, and it hit me like, you know, you got the judge, yeah. then you got the border. And, and I love that. I love that sort of thing because it's just, as a fan, it just, you know what I mean? It just makes it, I don't know, more of an, especially not because now with digital yes. and the lack of getting physical copies, you, in a way, need to address why would someone want to buy a physical copy? I think, you know, I find that people generally, they download a copy of the album and then they listen to it and then if they like it, they go and buy it. Rock, rock music, heavy metal music is unique for that. Yes. I think in, in any other kind of music, they would just download it and that would be the end of the story. But I think, you know, they download it and if they like it, they go out and buy it because they, you know, the fans of heavy metal music, not just Satan fans, Blitzkrieg fans, Tigers of Pantang, everybody, they're into the physical thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's important. Yes. In the day, you know, back in the days when it was just vinyl, you, you had to compete with everybody. And, you know, you went into your local record store and you would flick through the album co covers and you had to have something that, that caught your eye. If you got that, they would buy that album. And I think that really, we've just carried that through. You know, the, 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 the frame, the judge, you know, it's all there. It's our brand. It's our, it's our thing. And it's unique. But I don't think anybody else does this frame. Uh, I, you know, it's... It's important. It's important. It, it is. It really is. And, and Brian Ross, vocalist of Satan, and, and Russ Tippins, who I failed to introduce, and of course, Eddie Satan here. You know, we're obviously chatting the band Satan. So we spoke of reissues and all that great stuff. And one of the things that were coming with reissues is Metallica had done Master Puppets and kind of sort of commenting on how much they obviously appreciate Satan and hanging out with you guys back in the day. And, you know, it modern day times you can see James Hetfield you know supporting a Satan patch and stuff and you know of course I could ask the stupid question of how does that feel and that's obviously a highest flat well, but more so it's like how do you really even find out about that like is it just like hey dude like you're in Satan fuck yeah like like how did you go like I'm, I'm curious Russ like how, how do you like how did you meet the Metallica guys we were living in London and uh, we were at a party and they happened to be at the same party and that was it. Just uh, it just came up to you. Uh, yeah, it was. It was Lars It was like plates of steel. It's always Lars, isn't okay. it? And we were kind of here. We, we were equals at that, at that time. Uh, Ride the Lightning hadn't come out. Okay. Yeah. Um, Courtney Act had come out, but Kevin Wall had come out. We were kind of on the same level, so it was cool. And then they signed to uh, Cliff Bernstein and Peter Mensch. Mm -hmm. And they kind of they went up like that. But it was just that little period where we were kind of contemporary buddies. And it was, it was good. It was, you know, we'd go out. So now, and then like years later, like seeing James like sporting the passion stuff, like are you like made aware of that? Do you see it? Like how like how does that even come about? Like well, yeah, because you know Lars, um, back in the day, sent me a copy of the No Life to Leather. Okay, demo. that's a great demo. <laughs> he actually I love that he, demo. he sent that to me. He sent it to Neat Records um, to be given to me. 
So uh, it went to Nate Records, and, and Dave wanted Nate Records, oh, I've got a package for you. Oh, okay. um, and the letter that was with it said, uh, this is a copy of our demo, but when you've listened to it, um, can you tell me what you think? But flip it over and listen to the other side. Now, most people, their copy of Life, uh, No Life to Leather only has one side. Right. There's nothing on the other side. My copy of it has Metallica doing Inferno, Blitzkrieg, and Armageddon. Which um, Blitzkrieg would have been kind of sort of an advanced copy at the time, right? Yes. Um, so they sent it to me, um, and they said, what do you think? And can you get us a deal with Neat Records? This isn't, you know, you're not going to believe this, you know. I took it to Neat Records, and I actually was quite impressed by this demo. I took it to Neat Records, and I said, this band are good. You should maybe consider signing Metallica. Dave Wood at Neat Records said, they will never amount to anything. Wow. They're rubbish. <laughs> hey, you're a little bit wrong there, there, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this to Dave Wood. I met him, I, I saw him a couple of years ago, and I said, can you remember when you rejected Metallica? And he said, yeah, I remember. You know, say nothing more about that. It, to be fair, it wasn't so much Dave as, as uh, his PR guy that he had at the time, who said, they will, they will amount to nothing. I tried my best to get them a deal with Nathan Records, but it wasn't to be. They went off and did their other thing. But, you know, I did send them a message and, and, and say that I, I was well impressed with their demo. But years later, they phoned me. Um, Lars phoned me one night and said, can we do a cover version of Blitzkrieg? Um, you know, can we do this? And I said, yeah, of course you can. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I gave them the lyrics and the chord structure, and they still got it wrong. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little. It, it's a little bit off the wall, but the thing is, it's their version of it. And it's a great version, it has to be said. And, you know, I've met them a couple of times since then. I've met them at different concerts. They've sent me um, uh, 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 tickets to go, you know, like a triple A, 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 a pass to go and see them, whatever. Uh, you know, they, they generally they send me copies of their album before before they're released and ask me what I think of them. And, you know, sometimes I like them, sometimes I don't. Um, it has to be said that I thought, I thought that uh, you know some of some of the stuff they've done later years was probably not as good as the Black Album, <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's fine. But they're, they're still very much Blitzkrieg and Satan fans, very much. Rewind to the origins of the band coming up with the name. When you're looking at new wave of British heavy metal bands, you know you're looking at names like Diamond Head. You're looking at like. More subtle names were like yeah. you're Satan. Do you know I mean, that's a pretty ballsy band to be like you got to live with Satan. So like, where did I that think, come from? Personally, I think, and I'm not I'm seriously, I'm not biased, but I really think Satan and Blitzkrieg are, are the two best names for a heavy metal band there is. Oh yeah, you know, without <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. And you know, we've had, uh, you know, Russ can tell you. He's been in the band longer than me. Russ yeah. was one of the founding members. But, you know, Satan over the years have come into a little bit of flack because of the name. Because some people just don't understand what it's about. Oh, right, we're, right. we're not Satanists. We're not, we're, we've never written a song about Satanism or Satan or whatever. He's mentioned in Alone in the Dock. We'll say Satan laughing creeps inside. But other than that, we've never written a song about Satan. 
And because that's not what this band is about. Right. We're, we're about, you know, if you if you have that Satan is the epitome of evil, then we look at our, what we do, the subject matter of every song that we write is the evil that man does against fellow man or fellow creatures on, on this planet. And that is the real evil that is that, that, that we write about. So Satan is the perfect name, really. And, now, you know, it, now Gus will tell us, like he's been in this longer than me. Well, and, and, and so with that said, coming to like you know you're starting this band, you're choosing a name. What landed you at Satan to be like? That's the name for our band. Steve, Steve Allen. Yeah, the band Steve. Final year of high school. Steve's bright idea at home. Because you that I'm, I just started playing guitar, like, I electric. You had the name of the logo on first, didn't you? We had Steve come up with, he, he wrote out the, <laughs> the symmetrical saying logo. Yeah, which there, there's the symmetrical saying. Do you know, have you seen this? This is favorite. unique. That, if you look at that in the mirror, it's it identical. Yeah, it's great. I see it. All right. I, 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 I never put that together. Wow. All right. I like that. Yeah. If you want to put it to the test, get a mirror. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't even really need that. I see it now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, and because it really is, like, so, you know, it really does kind of go back to, like I said, you know, you got, you know, you think about it. Like, even in a way, people could argue that, like, Death Leopard's among heavy metal, at least in the early days. And, like, that's not a name so, comparable to Satan. Like that is, yeah. and especially in heavy metal terms, because it you know it, it adopted you know, especially like in, in the early days, Def Leppard was very heavy. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, and I, I remember one time uh, Blitzkrieg played in uh, in Sheffield, and uh, uh, Def Leppard were playing on the afternoon in some pub somewhere. So we went along to see them. We were playing on the on the evening, and they came along to see us. They were really heavy back in the early days, but they changed. Right. Because they wanted to corner, I guess the American market was what they wanted to corner, you know, they wanted to corner that. Um, and, you know, good luck to them. Um, but back in the day, they were a really heavy band, and they were a really great bunch of guys, uh, you know. But it's a totally different thing, you know. So many bands from the early days um, of new wave of British heavy metal, if that's what you want to call it, is, is kind of so many bands were, were, were lost there were more bands lost than there is still survive yeah and you know that is a, that you know you, you look at that you had so many different bands and you know things like wicked vicar were one of the bands from leicester and they were they were a great band they changed the name um you know to, and then they just disappeared out of all but that happened to a lot of bands. A lot of bands just simply disappeared. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, but, but but we haven't. We're still here. It kind of went there naturally. I, I was going to propose that as a question. That especially with the British scene and then you know new wave of British heavy metal, everybody you know knows what that is and whether you agree with it or not. But now in 2018, especially with like classic albums being reissued, bonus tracks. But even more so, especially for the British heavy metal scene, there's like the gems from that day being 
discovered almost for the first time, like bands that only did maybe a seven inch or a demo coming out. And it's like, a lot of that stuff has the same, really for lack of better reference, that Judas Priest vibe and a lot of heavy metal bands where a lot of the hook, even though this song could otherwise steer otherwise, is in the chorus where it's like, yeah, that's where it hits you. Like, that's where it's sing along. Where Satan, in a lot of ways, equates to what I think is thrash metal in that it does have your song and your verse structure. Hear me out before you judge it. That, um, do you see what he did there? Absolutely, Judge Hepsmile. <laughs> well, no, but it, because I, I think there's a point, and I mean, I would love to hear what your insight is to it. But, like, in, in, a, in a thrash sense, I was kind of thinking about how to word this, how to explain this. That thrash, in a lot of ways, it'll take the fundamental of a song, be it verse, chorus, bridge, solo, and then come back to a chorus. But it's not in so much that the song will have like that standout catchy chorus that heavy metal definitely sometimes will have where like, you know, you'll be streaming along with a song where the verses will be like, all right, whatever. And then the chorus hits in and you're like, now it's got me. Where like thrash, it's almost like you appreciate the song as a whole. And I think Satan embodies some of that, first off, speed that is way before thrash even became but also that kind of same fundamental that it isn't really about a, a chorus hooking you, but it is about the whole song being good. It's got a great lick. It's got a great vocal. It's got a great solo. It, it, you like this song and appreciate the song. Yeah, yeah. Speed metal before it became convoluted. But then, yeah, especially with it, it's noticeable on this record. Um, the, the guitar harmonies, cool match. Uh, some, some of the swing beats at times that Sean puts in there. There's like a Thin Lizzy. It's almost like there are certain bands, Satan, I think one of them, that you're kind of almost your own genre yeah. because you're bringing so many elements in it. And, and honestly, when I when I first bought this record, I, I literally sat down one night, spun it over and over and over, trying to figure out what was going on. The, the, the guitarist, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, it was, it, I was like, I, I know I like this, but I, it was, I, I said it to Steve, to Graham, to Sean, probably to you guys out there. It's like a stew that's being made and, and there's so many flavors, genres coming out. And it, 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 it's, it, it goes back, um, we used to talk about genres all the time. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's, it, yeah, this is good music. Which I might get off topic, but it's like, how do you write this stuff? It's like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like, what is, what is the influences in your, but like, Russ, I, I imagine a lot of it's coming, like, guitar-wise from you, like, you, you, you're really a predecessor to a lot of that. Like, where does that come from? I'm trying to listen to, uh, like, stuff that isn't heavy metal. Yeah. Because I can't. Uh, and I listen to metal, too, but... Really, I have no limits. It's a panoramic. Yeah. What I try to listen to. Uh, I'm the same. Really. If if you don't do that, if if you are a, an artist yeah. or a writer, yeah, and you you only take your input from one source, mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of like inbreeding. Uh, you know what you what then comes out of you is. 
it, it's going to be very short-lived, you know? Yeah. Um, My favorite thing about Satan is it's a, it's a heavy metal band with a single-coil pickup on, if you're facing the stage, the right channel. And the, the way... The, the, the tones from a guitar nerd way that come out of that it's, it's like you're not a nerd yeah, I know <laughs> I, I, you know but I, I I play it for friends that, that that don't know Satan and I'm like well, you should be condemned you should. for it but, and then I'm like it, it, one of my buddies he's, he's like is that a single chord I'm like yeah and they hear your side and then and then Steve and, and then Steve and there, there was a solo um, John and Blank where he it's on the new record, and I thought it was you because it was so bright and that it sounded like whammy, but he was actually. You're talking about Ophidian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I would love to know how you guys, like, I, I was like, I gotta. Do you know, that is my what Ophidian is. Ophidian <laughs> is my favorite song on the album. Yeah. It's about, it's about the race of snakes, basically, the serpents from the Garden of Eden. Right. Really. Um, you know, and. Um, it's an it's, it's an interesting prospect of, of what do you what do you think um, about that? Whether you believe that the the the, 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 the Genesis story of the Garden of Eden yeah. is true, personally I don't. That's my that's just my you know thing. But you know it's just an interesting concept yeah, of yeah. a race of snakes, serpents, or whatever, um, having their world taken from them by man. Which I mean, man is 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 guilty of, of pretty much every crime that there is, really. And you know, as a race, we've we've done everything that we shouldn't have done, and hardly anything that we should have done. We should have risen above all of this stuff, you know. Um, and uh, Ophidian is just a kind of an idea where we've we've looked at that and thought, what would happen if the serpent from the Garden of Eden reclaimed the planet? That's what the song's about, it, and it seems like that's what Satan is. Is there's, there's always I, I, the jokes I, I I make about your band is it's like they, they you guys make me think and make me look stuff up yeah. on the internet now, not in the dictionary, and it's <laughs> it, it is very thought provoking. And it again when you when you really delve into it, you're sitting down listening to a record and. You know, and your girlfriend says to you, "Why you get choked up when you listen to this stuff?" I'm like, because it's 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 so deep. There there's so many levels there. And you're and, a bitch. And yeah, <laughs> well, you know, but it's it, it it's like um like it, it's just really neat to see you guys do that sort of stuff. I don't you know, really have a question there. Every, <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Every, every song, every song has two meanings, really. You have your face value meaning, which is kind of, you know, Ophidian <clears throat> about the snakes and stuff. Um, and, you know, we want, Ophidian wants to reclaim the planet from the human race. But then you've got your other meaning, which is like underlying of that, which is the way that everybody is. Everybody wants a piece of what everybody else has got. And it's like, sometimes they take it, sometimes they don't. And you have to be really careful. You know, the human race is guilty of a lot of things. And, you know, I, I kind of think that there's, there's still hope. I would like to think that there's hope still there. But, you know, it's, um, 
it's there throughout the whole the whole concept the whole Satan thing is about from every album if you look at every song on every album it's all about something that's not right with this planet what man has done um, against his own fellow man or against every other animal that lives on this planet yeah when you're talking when you use a saint as a band name it's almost like we're gonna it's kind of almost like when you know when you hear the story of black sabbath when they walk out of a theater like hey we can make scary music it's yeah. kind of like wait we can tell the atrocities of the world yes and we'll call it satan because a lot of people can maybe true like i mean is that hitting it close to base yes, it is. Origin? yeah when, when we started we were totally obsessed with it was going to be about the devil. Yeah, but it just—I don't think it, we've ever written a song about the devil. We never did, actually. But that, that was the intention when it started. Yeah, but perhaps court the act is what narrows it. We, well, we we mentioned he's mentioned in um, Alone in the Zone. You know, Satan laughing creeps inside. Because a lot of people, when they hear that name, they're going to judge it. Like, I, and, and Eddie even yeah. said at one point that you're going to get that random person at the grocery store. When they read that shirt, they're going to be like, Satan? What, what, is, what, what does that shirt say? And then they're going to figure it out and be like, well, it says Satan. And they're going to be like, well, what is that? And then you're going to be like, well, it's a band. And then immediately, they're not even going to ask questions. They're going to be like, well, that's that screaming, loud, growling stuff. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, if you stopped and listened to the band, your vocals aren't like that at all. You know? And... And there's a it's very oil a. It's a prejudice <laughs> to then an otherwise extreme name. No. And then you know yeah. you hear you talking about what you just said. You know about like, just people, very human like emotions that a lot of people have that does like people, people would appreciate that. You know what I mean? And they they won't give it the time of day. So it makes me curious. Throughout all these years, being in Satan, are there any like kind of top five like just ridiculous reactions you've been like you yeah. know based you say something during the show like something threatened you and they said they were going to shoot you yes we, we did we did the song you know um devil's infantry and you know within a couple of months of the album being released on facebook i got a um a, a message from some guy in america i can't say this without sounding racist but i'm really not a racist Muslim. He was a Muslim. Okay. Well, lived I lived in America. I believe like that's nothing but He thought that I, I you know, it's a fact to add to anymore. He said that basically because I was bringing attention, the band was bringing attention to suicide bombers and, uh, and so on, um, particularly about because it was it was kind of written about the time. Um, when you know the attack was in, in Paris and France. Okay, okay. Yeah. Several several people, a couple of hundred people were killed, lost yeah. their lives because of one person that walked in right. and had explosives strapped to their back. We've brought attention to that by writing um, you know, the song. And I got on Facebook somewhat some guy said, I am gonna to come to one of your shows with a rifle and I'm gonna kill you. And, you know, my wife, my wife saw that and she was kind of really distraught. And she said, you can't go back there, you can't go back there. And I said, well, we've got to go back there. We cannot let this kind of thing stop us. Right. Because you, you cannot be silenced. Russ, you just struck me and strike me as a guy that, you got riffs on the mind, you want to play it, man. <laughs> 
And so, like, get into one of my favorite Sagan songs, Blades of Steel, like, like, that just, man, like, once, once that hits you, like, you're just like, fuck yeah, like, how, like, where do these riffs come from? Like, it, it, like, it, you just, you're on the shitter one day, you're just in the shower, <laughs> like, I, I mean, how, how do riffs hit you? Blades of Steel is Steel. Well, like, we put any riff, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, try about buy it out of my thing. But, uh, at that point, we were coming up with stuff individually, and then kind of helped each other out. Now it's much more of a communal thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, basically what happens, Russ will come up with an idea, and he'll say, look, I've got this. And then we kind of work on it all together, and we come up with, with a structure for a song. And, you know, Russ kind of guides us, and he'll say, oh, I've got this idea for this. And he'll go through for, for a chorus and so on. And he'll have ideas for a lyric, and I've got an idea for a lyric, and we sort of work on it together, and it sort of go for it. Sometimes Russ will come up with, with something that's kind of almost complete. And I will sort of put my little style on it and, and move it around a little and, and work through it. But the, the thing is, we're all singing from the same handbook. We're all working from the same page. And, and it's a structure that works right across the board, all five members. And it's um, it's unique. It doesn't like, it, it, you know, in any other band, it doesn't work like that. And it's more than the sum of the parts. Exactly. Yeah, this, this band, that, that thing. Do you know what the remarkable thing? Change any one aspect. You know what we what we have. We've been we've been apart for twenty eight years. We've gone our separate ways. We've done. You know, Russ had his own band. I yeah. had Blitzkrieg. Stephen Bean had uh, Graham had uh, Skyclad. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And Sean had Taylor. And you know the thing was. When you put the five of us together, after 28 years, we got together in a rehearsal room. And it only seemed like yesterday. So Life Sentence comes out. And it was like, in a way, kind of presenting as like, Satan's back. But in a way, like, you know, you had Pariah, you had, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the name escapes me. <laughs> All right, Blind Fury. Yes, exactly, Blind Fury. So, like a lot of these bands, that, you know, they're 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 very much Blitzkrieg, very much, very close to Satan. Have the same people and, and stuff involved. Like, yeah. is it safe to say that Satan really never went away through those years? It was no, just... not really, because in all of the time that we were apart, we were still we still remained very good friends, and we spoke to each other on regular occasions. And the intention, I think, to get back together one day was always there. It was just like, it was just, you know, shall we do it now? No, I'm busy. I'm busy with Blitzkrieg. Shall we do it now? No, I'm, bu I'm, I'm busy with Skyclad. I guess what even started to, you know, yeah. part ways to even do separate projects, what brought that about? Yeah. Well, I mean, Blitzkrieg was always there. Okay. Um, you know, and it, it was... But Satan is, is one of those things that, for me... Um, it was unfinished business because I think when we when we went our separate ways, I felt that we could have done more. We could have gone on to do bigger and better things. And you know, the thing was, we we kind of decided that 
you know, some of us wanted to do one thing, some of us wanted to do another. And I think the only way that we could deal with that was, was go our separate ways, take some time out. Mature maybe a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but in that time, we always said that sometime we would get back together. It was always something that, that was in the fore of my mind. Was Life Sentence, the, the, the title and the idea of that song, well, yeah. it's been 28 long years, is it? Like, 28 years in England is a life sentence. Yeah. And that is the whole the whole concept of the oh, idea. Okay. You know, I don't sense. know what it is in any, any other country, but 28, 28 years, I don't know uh, when, when a judge says to you, well, yeah, but they're, they're going to give you a life sentence for murder, it's 28, it's 28 years. Whether that's right or wrong is neither here nor there, but right. um, our fans were imposed a life sentence because we were away from it for 28 years. And yeah, it's kind of unique, really. And when we got back together, it was the right time to do it. Obviously, the, the simple answer, Russ, and I want to kind of roll it to you, is that, of course, it's the highest flattery. But, like, really, it goes back to what I said earlier in that, you know, Satan in a lot of ways is before a lot of thrash because the rippage is, you know, it's got a lot of trills, it's got a lot of speed. So really, you're kind of at the forefront of that. And, you know, a band like Metallica blows up and it's huge. And meanwhile, Satan's here on Wednesday night in Cleveland playing for a small crowd, but a very dedicated and devoted crowd. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a YouTube video where, sure, that has a million yeah. views, but if it has zero comments, no one cared. They only watched 13 seconds where if you got that and it's got 5,000 views and it's 5,000 comments of nothing but praise, I feel that's what Satan is. It's, it's and so how does that like you gods, know, be, really. was that? It's in the lap of the gods. You know, you make your decisions and you've got to live by those decisions that you make. Sometimes you make the right decision, sometimes you make the wrong decision. And I think, you know, you look at that and after we did Caught in the Act, we decided to go our separate ways for one reason or another. It makes you wonder though, <clears throat> what it could have been. Was it the wrong decision? Oh, I, I yeah. wonder not what it could have been, but I wonder, would we have life sentence? Yeah. But still, the it kind of, and I would like kind of, hear, my I would like to hear, you know, your take on it, Russ. Like a lot of, I think guitar players, especially, you know, you aspire to really like contribute, identify a sound, identify a style, whatever it may be. And I, in a lot of ways you did that. And it's living on through, and that's why I bring up Metallica and I bring up really the influences, a lot of it, and you could look at it as in a way unfortunate, but at the way the biggest flattery that your work influenced bands to become gigantic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, but you're still doing it at the level of like, you know, you got two nerds sitting you down to the wee hours doing an interview, <laughs> you know, keeping you awake, you know, but, but the, like they care that, that that's like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's the, it's the utmost like fandom. Craig, um, yeah, we fucked up by breaking up. We kind of took 28 years out, so we really should have. Followed up very quickly on Court in the Act and, and just heads down, straightforward, head, capitalize on the momentum. Yeah. We didn't do that. And we're doing that now, but mm -hmm. it, it's kind of a little To be fair, at the late. time we were under a lot of pressure because Kerrang, which was the biggest metal magazine in England, absolutely hated Court in the Act. 
and they, you know, they absolutely slated it. We were crucified for it. So, you know, everybody had it. Yeah, nobody liked it. But still, you know, in a way, that's that's always the characteristic of the best records. Yeah. Here we are, what thirty some years later, that record means way more than a lot of records at that time that would have said it been the best. You know what I mean? And it's because. And that's what, and that's what I mean. I don't mean to like kind of put it like, look at you, you're in Cleveland. What, what, what a failure! It's no, it's what a success. Because however many, a hundred thousand, thirty people, whatever, everyone here cared that much. Yes. People drove from states nearby on a weekend that they got to go to work because they care. This is an opportunity, and they care, and that's devotion, and that to me is way more powerful than if you're a Metallica. And at the same time, you're drawing that crowd. You influence a band that's usually Metallica. Like that's that's pretty fucking cool. And and going back (laughs) to like what Karang said back then, it makes you wonder, sort of like the the, the latest record, um, Crow Magic, how I had to sit down and listen to it and listen to it to get it. And I still don't know if I get it. I know I like it. And I think it's smarter than I am, but I, you wonder if, if it's guys... It's actually in the Karang top ten. Whenever we do an album, you know, Satan or Blitzkrieg, I take it home and I let my wife hear it. And if my wife says, I hate that, that's awful, I know it's a good album. <laughs> because, you know... Yeah. She, she's listened to each consecutive... She loves Caught in the Act, how, how, it must be said. Who but, you know, Mandy, <laughs> she says, I took home every album that Blitzkrieg and Satan have done, and she'll go listen to it, and she'll go, that is awful. I know it's a good album. <laughs> because if she doesn't like it... It's a good way to find the truth. <laughs> it's, you know, well, what worries the shit out of me is one day she's going to say... I love this, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, oh shit. I'll be thinking, oh, shit, what have we Maybe done? Get the guys it's back together and start over. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, you cannot forget, she's a lady, and she likes, you know, yeah. she, she likes stuff that, that kind of ladies like. Having said that, mine, yeah, it has to be said that over the last few years, both Blitzkrieg and Satan have attracted a, quite a lot of ladies, uh, which is unheard of. Yeah. And, and that is fantastic. I, I, you know, I think yeah. it's a wonderful thing. But we're also attracting younger people. Yeah, and yeah. that is that is important. That's your totally. That's what is great. Right. Well, uh, you know, you know, whatever it is, I, you know, I, you can't question it because that is where the future of all of this lies. And so, like, so you know, Ross, you're doing you know Tanith and stuff like that. Like, where's like. How does how do you separate that really like riff wise or, or just just even writing wise you know like an objective and all I wish that I could give you a good answer to that I, I don't know it's 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 in its infancy mm-hmm. it's it's just something I can give you an answer to that well I think the answer is kind of what I said earlier like you, you strike me as the guy that just has an idea he's gonna play it. Yeah. Whatever happens, who the fuck cares? Exactly. Trying to make this song. You see, you, what does that say? You know, say? Blit, Blitzkrieg and Satan are two different bands all together. Oh, yeah. And people say to me, "How can you, um, how can you write in Blitzkrieg and Satan and, and not have the two bands sound, sound the same?" It's very easy, actually. It, you know, you, it's a lot easier than you might think because the two bands are totally different. Yeah. And you know, um, Blitzkrieg has 
an area where I can pretty much write about what the hell I like. Yeah. Whereas Satan, we kind of limited to um, atrocities and uh, injustice and you know stuff like that. I, in, in in Satan, we kind of limit that and and we go with that flow. And you know, me and Russ work together. I make him do stuff. It does. <laughs> it isn't natural to him. I, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a fiddy. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's in, why. It, you know, in the studio, we did a, we did the, the different songs, and I sang a fiddy and all the way through, and then Russ said, "Can you go back and do that bit again?" And I said, "Why is there something wrong with it?" And he said, "No, I just want you to do it like Alice." Ah. So I did it in Alice Cooper's voice. I, I it, it, you know, as well as being in Blitzkrieg and Satan, I, I, I do, I, I do a show called Alice Cooper's Nightmare as well. Oh, okay. So I get to play Alice, and and and, and Russ said, "Do it like Alice." So I did, um, and and since then I've had people say, "How the hell did you persuade Alice Cooper to play on your record?" Because it, you know, so I'm quite proud of that. That's kind of um, cool. But yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Flattering. Um, you know, so he does make me do things. And you know, it'll say, "Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you?" And 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 some of the things that we do um, break the rules, I guess. And it's totally different to Blitzkrieg. Totally different. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, and I appreciate you sitting down here and you know utilizing the time we have. I'm curious, what is your Russ? What is your favorite Blitzkrieg? Not Blitzkrieg, a Satan song. <laughs> what's his favorite Blitzkrieg? Yeah, 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 what's your favorite Blitzkrieg? Which like Satan song? Yeah, what, like what's the one that comes to mind? Play out to to listen to listen to. How do you feel okay. about incantations? That was really See, yeah. There you go. That's a big song. Incantations. That's, that's my favorite one. Play. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go, Eddie. Yeah, I am, you know, relate. You know, I'm just sitting up there like that, and then I have different. Riff, you know, I have different slant on that. You know, overall, my favorite Satan song of all time is Blades of Steel. Yeah, it's a good without, without a doubt, without an riff, absolute man. at all. My favorite riff. song from the new album is Aphidia. Yeah. Okay. Um, my favorite song to play is Alone in the Dock. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you have different, you know, yeah. di different things oh. for different reasons. And why is Incubus? Yeah, I'm sorry. Incantations. Incubus. Incantations. Why is Incantations yours? Like to play and to hear so. Ah, uh, I guess it's it's just this riff that is. It sounds complicated, but for me, it's kind of quite easy to do, and I, I don't know why that is. But, and then when the beat comes in, it's it's not what you would call speed or thrash metal. It, it's it's pretty much mid-paced thing, but yeah. it, it, it's got some power. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> It's, 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 it's got a solo that goes through four different keys, so there's a bit of work for me to do. I can't get bored at all. <laughs> you see, I, incantations lyrically is about um, it's about Tutankhamun. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we kind of me and, me and yeah, because me and wrote, wrote, me and Russ wrote the lyric together on that one, and it, as we do with most of these things. It was just an idea of, 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 of an Egyptian pharaoh uh, oh, being, being ready for the afterlife. Very cool. Um, you know, and we kind of went through that. And um, 
it is a great song to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the people of Cleveland, we really fucked up by not coming here, so we're not busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a fun show. Satan tour in the US, and we finally made it. Now, and it won't happen again. We, we will not. It's so. been. So What's the saying goes? Better late than never. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Pleasure, fellas. We will talk to you next time.